0: this week on totally biased media we discuss co-op platformer puzzler it takes two wax poetic over some of our favorite games of 2020 jackson and jordan get a divorce and more stay tuned for episode three of tbm
1: I'm Jackson Walkup, and it takes two to make a thing go right.
0: I'm Jason Simmons, and it takes two to make it out of sight. I'm Jordan Walkup, and I want
2: to rock right now. I'm Rob Bass, and I came to get down. I'm not internationally known, but I'm known to rock the microphone. Because I get stupid, I mean outrageous. Stay away from me if you're contagious. Ladies and gentlemen, it takes two. It's not just a track from the 80s. It's also the new release game from Light Studios, People That Brought You A Way Out. And we have played it. It is a co-op exclusive action puzzler platformer, sort of, with a bit of a spin on a bunch of other genres thrown in there. You can get it now on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X,
1: and PC, and Jackson's gonna tell you what it is. So, as Jordan just said, it is a co-op action-adventure game that mixes a little bit of different genres into it. And the story is about how two parents, not really having a good time with their marriage, and they decide that it's time for a divorce. So they sit down to, ter- to tell their daughter this. She runs off to their shed with a book called, uh, Dr. Hakim's Book of Love. So with this book she also grabbed two little dolls of her parents and then in a little hidey hole in this shed she proceeds to wish that they would not get a divorce And her tears land on the dolls, turning the parents into these dolls. And that's, yeah,
2: hilarity ensues. So yeah, May and Cody are their names. They have now inhabited these two toys that their daughter made sort of in their image. And now they are on a quest to get back into their regular bodies. However, there is sort of an antagonist in the Book of Love itself who is sort of coercing them to go on this journey to get closer together. Uh Jason, you want to run us through what some of the themes and ideas of the game are?
0: Well, the main theme of the game, once again, I'm here to say it for <laughs> I believe the third time, is unity. <laughs> yeah. The two characters, yeah. they're very they very much want to get a divorce. <laughs> and Nice. It It's kind of uh, a major thing. They're constantly trying to get turned back into their human form throughout the story. And they will not forget that once they get turned back to human, they will get a divorce. <laughs> it's like there are bigger things going on right now. <laughs> but the divorce <laughs> is number one on their minds. Yes. So throughout the course of the game, the major thing, the major growth is them coming back together and realizing that, you know... Maybe they don't need to get a divorce. Or at the
2: very least, they don't need to beat each other's throats about everything all the time.
0: Yeah. I I played it with my girlfriend, Abby, and she wrote up a very nice review of it, uh, and she asked me to read it on the podcast.
2: Cool. Let's hear it.
0: So she said, It Takes Two is a cute, overall enjoyable game with a dark side that largely revolves around the main characters, sometimes antagonists, sometimes protagonists, May and Cody getting a divorce. (laughs) At times, it's comically dry, and May is often a cold-hearted, divorce-determined British lady. Cody doesn't know what's going on. Their solution to one of their obstacles is to kill one of their daughter's favorite toys, which is brutal. (laughs) You get to watch it. The two talk a lot about getting out of the situation so they can go ahead and get a divorce, and it's so often for a while that it gets cringy. My favorite mechanics of the game were the rope swinging and using the hammer as player two. (laughs) My brain broke in the area with the cloning ability, and I personally struggled a lot with jumping and dashing. Half the time, the Book of Love, Dr. Hakeem, is in the cutscenes. He's just repeating himself several times over and over. His appearances aren't all necessary. Still, it's a fun game, and we finished it in about a day with some breaks. Overall, three out of five. Cute but predictable and painful secondhand embarrassment.
2: (laughs) I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, it's it's Um, pretty good. (laughs) So I'm actually going to jump in with my review first on this one, because I, I just want to get it out there. Um, this is a really cool game. Like, I, I don't know how to phrase it other than that. The story is atrocious, like, like bad, bad. However, this game is very fun, it, it genuinely like laugh out loud funny sometimes, and has a ton of actually good diversity in game mechanics which is not something you traditionally see in platformers i mean i i I, i'm not saying i love it or anything like it's not you know one of the best games i've ever played by any stretch but like genuinely a really fun game the developers had the mindset the entire time of how do we make this game fun which i don't think a lot of narrative intensive games always do so i think sort of seeing that sacrifice of the story for just throwing in a lot of really cool game mechanics was definitely worth it this time around. Um, And even though I didn't like the overarching narrative, I still thought there were some pretty cool character moments and some pretty good dialogue, even if the plot's not great.
1: Yeah, I gotta agree with the gameplay stuff. It chooses a bunch of different genres to switch to randomly that you would not expect. Like at one point... It switches to a diablo-esque type of genre where one of you is a wizard and the other is a knight and that was really fun except it only lasted for maybe like 10 or 15 minutes
0: i i kind of like that the different gameplay styles sometimes they they overstay their welcome but i think a lot of them kind of stay around just long enough like the diablo like stuff that you just pointed out like i thought that that was just long enough Uh, I mean, I know you guys kind of enjoy that genre a lot more, but Abby Abby and I did not enjoy that section (laughs) quite as much as you guys probably did just because Abby's not really used to that genre of game. But it was definitely like a really fun way to mix it up and do something completely different for a little bit in the game without it overstaying its welcome. For example, generally each chapter has kind of its own... Unique mechanic that is only in that chapter and then you never see it again. Uh, and I thought the chapter in the tree where you get guns, basically, <laughs> was entirely too long.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I think for me, my biggest actual complaint for the game is the fact that there isn't a ton of consistency with how long you're in one particular concept or one style versus another Um, because I think they are all they're all good like they there is not a mechanic in the game that I didn't enjoy but there are a handful the gun thing one player shoots like honey and the other shoots a match stick which can ignite and detonate the honey Um, very cool concept could have been half as long (laughs) and then there's a section where one character can shrink or grow depending on the the situation and the other character has sort of zero gravity powers they can walk on walls and the ceiling and stuff very cool concept probably again could have been half as long
0: oh that was my favorite part i the whole time that we were doing the part with the shrinking and the the walking on walls i was kind of hoping that it would almost go on like that (laughs) i thought they were really fun mechanics i'd honestly probably play A game that, you know, focused more on those mechanics in the future, if someone made one. There are some awful segments in the game. The next to last chapter, one character just gets a vine that they can shoot out of their head. And they can turn into flowers and stuff like that. And playing through that section was incredibly boring. (laughs) And also, like, overly difficult at times. So, sorry, sorry. One player gets the vine out of their head that they can use to, like, reach things that are far away and also attack enemies. The other one gets uh, a a pesticide gun and a sickle. (laughs) (laughs) And I was playing as the one with the vine head, and it was just... There was so much combat in those sections, and the guy with the vine on his head can almost do nothing in half of the combat sections because you can only attack once every like two seconds it takes multiple hits to even take out the weakest enemies (laughs) and it's just incredibly annoying
2: now sort of a, a disclaimer here uh jason and abby did finish the game jackson and i are probably only about the halfway point so that is not to say that Not to say that everything we say is is the absolute truth on this game. It's just based on what we've played so far. I will say my biggest concern going into any game like this is that it's hard to picture how a game that doesn't have any real progression or upgrades of any kind or any kind of character growth in mechanics can extend past more than several hours. Um, Jason, do you think it, do you think like narratively it holds up like it ends in an appropriate amount of time? Or do you think the length should have been changed in any way?
0: Uh, Yeah, I thought it was definitely a good length. The last chapter is a little long. It kind of drags near the very end, but that's more just for, you know, like emotional build up for the ending of the game. I don't really think that the lack of like the characters getting new abilities or anything like that. Like, you get new mechanics often enough where I don't really think it matters that the characters don't get more powerful or anything throughout the game. I mean, you constantly only have the tools that you need to solve the puzzles, which some of the puzzles are a little too simple. I I think that was why I liked the part with the the zero gravity and the shrinking and growing, because that was the only part of the game where I felt like the puzzles were really fun and, like, at at an appropriate level of difficulty. Some of the puzzles later are... (laughs) Just incredibly simple, you know, uh, like anybody could solve them. And I I mean, I guess that's kind of the point, because games like this are generally made for, you know, playing with, at least the way I see it the most often, is somebody that plays a lot of video games playing it with somebody that isn't super into video games. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, and speaking of, Jackson and I played, you know, probably seven or eight hours. I also played the first, probably half of the first act again with our four-year-old brother and while he did kind of struggle with some of the timing based stuff like the jumping and dashing and all that like he got it like even some of the puzzle stuff it was like clicking in his head because even though I think the puzzles are on sort of the easy side they they make sense none of them want you to assume anything that doesn't that isn't logical like the solutions to puzzles are all things that our brains would put together on our our own. And I worry with a lot of puzzle games that it's going to start to get a little too meta. And this game never really does that. Like the puzzles are all physics-based or spatial or memory or different things like that. And they all work surprisingly well, even if they do kind of lean on the easier side. I I was just genuinely impressed that this game... I remember like the first hour, hour and a half of the game is very... Like, it's very fluid, it's very fast, it's very cool. And I thought with a four-year-old playing this, like, he's going to struggle with some of the stuff. But, I mean, he he got it. Like, he clicked with it really well, which I thought was a real testament to the developers that they could make this engaging for us in the 17 to 27 age range and engaging for a four-year-old.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely pretty good like that for a while. The time travel puzzles get a little a little complicated. Yeah, I don't
2: I don't think that a four-year-old would be able to stick it out for the whole game by <laughs> any means. But there are definitely parts. Like, there are a couple parts that I think kind of go in the face of this idea of making it accessible. There are parts that are sort of functioning as third-person shooters. The wasp nest section has one person using the honey gun, another person using the matchstick gun. And I think this idea of like over the shoulder aiming and platforming sort of expects a little too much of both players for that to be too welcoming. But I think for the most part, like this is the kind of game that as long as you're fairly proficient with the controller and you kind of understand the general functions for that type of game, it, it flows pretty well.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's that section of it. But I also think like the time travel section in particular definitely requires a lot of a, a lot of video game thinking, especially for the person who makes clones of themselves. I, I know, you know, some of the puzzles were really obvious to me, but you know, Abby is not super into video games like me. So those puzzles were really difficult because she didn't really know. It, it was hard for her to really click in with what the mechanic was of making the clones. Cause you can make a clone you can teleport to it and it's almost instant. And there's a lot of times where you have to do things that kind of seem backwards it seems like you're you're not making progress, you're making reverse progress for that player in particular, uh, that I, I didn't really have any issues like that with Cody, you know, just having the normal controlling time, or just throughout the rest of the game, since I have a lot of video game insight <laughs> at this point.
2: I do wish that it gave you one of two things, either the option to switch characters like if you both hold triangle for so much time you switch characters or whatever or it would just tell you sort of explicitly at the beginning if you are more video game experienced play as Mei and if you are less so play as Cody because a lot of the mechanics for May are more video game-y I guess whereas more of what cody does is more navigational stuff Mm
1: -hmm. yeah there were there were way too many times where i felt like cody was just given the the worst of the two abilities not that there's ever a point where like i thought that one was bad it's just like for instance in the second chapter in the tree i think literally every single driving part cody is the one driving yeah because like there's the boat section uh cody drives the boat while may shoots then there's the plane section, which Cody drives while May shoots, and then she gets to like have a Mortal Kombat-esque fight with a squirrel on top of it, while Cody just continues to fly the plane.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest, that continues through the whole game. Cody constantly gets shafted on power-ups that he gets. Abby and I talked about it nearly constantly. Every time we got a new set of power-ups, we were just like, oh, well, yours is way cooler than mine. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think the only time so far that I thought Cody had the better ability was the space part with the size changing and the gravity boots. Yeah. Because personally, like, the gravity boots, in my opinion, did not seem to do much. There's also a section
2: at the beginning where he gets nails that he can use to pin different things to wooden objects. I think that's definitely better than Meg getting the hammer. And those are sort of some of those foundational puzzles for the game. But yeah, all in all, Cody definitely gets the short end of the stick.
0: I hear what you're saying. It is worth mentioning, May gets to smash all of the glass bottles. So the <laughs> hammer wins. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think if if that were an intentional choice by the developers to sort of hand the more complex mechanics to one character, I would understand. But I do think they need to be a little more explicit with explaining that and giving some kind of alternative. Like in Jackson's and I case, we both play quite a bit of video games. So we we realistically, we should have just been trading controllers periodically. But if there was just a mechanic for swapping characters on the fly, I think that would go a long way.
0: I, mean, um, I don't think it should be on the fly. I wish that there was some way that you could uh, at least pick your character at the start of a chapter or something. Mm-hmm. Switching it on the fly, you run into issues where people don't actually solve puzzles or you get one person that just kind of takes over. That's true. That is true. I didn't feel like I could really force Abby to do too much in the game. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, if we solved a puzzle, I would either, we'd either have to explain it to each other or we'd have to both get there on our own.
2: And one thing that I think is genuinely very cool about this game that I don't quite know how to explain why or even really what it is, but there is a very forced sense of cooperation. There's a, a section where one character is dodging lasers and another is on, like, a run through this spaceship thing. And both sides are so intense that you really can't look at the other side of the screen for even a second. So you have to actually be explaining things to each other. Like... There are situations where one person needs to time something out very precisely for another person, and you can't just look at their screen and say, oh, well, now you have to actually communicate. You have to actually trust each other's timing and sort of get in a rhythm. And like, that's very, very cool. And I hope that more co-op games embrace that in the future. But I think it's also that It Takes Two is in a a really unique spot because it's mandatory co-op, which I think isn't always a good thing. But in this particular instance opens up a lot of really cool doors
0: yeah there are a lot of segments in the game that i really like where one person is doing platforming and the other person has to time moving platforms or pedestals for the other person to jump onto and some of the timing windows on those are pretty tight it's like one person needs to be in the air by the time the other person is hitting the button
2: so a big focus for All of It Takes Two is this small cast of primary characters that sort of lead us through this journey around their own home. Um, and it's uh, May, who is a working woman. Um, she provides for the family. And then Cody, sort of her bumbling husband, is a stay-at-home dad. And they their daughter...
0: Oh, no, I forgot her name. Rose. Rose. Their
2: daughter, Rose, um, who is sort of the conduit for this entire journey starting. And, like, I actually really like all three of those characters quite a bit. Um, I think they have really good chemistry together. And they feel natural most of the time. I mean, a little bit, you know, a little bit exaggerated of course but i think it's genuinely some pretty interesting and thoughtful character design what what do you guys think of the main cast like what are what are your thoughts
0: um i played as cody so naturally i didn't like cody (laughs) because he's so dumb the whole the whole game he's just like always saying dumb things but (laughs) there's also may with him who is constantly being just unnecessarily rude to him. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I mean, it ends up kind of being a fun dynamic. It, it gets, they, they both soften up and get better as the story goes on, as they get closer to each other. But the beginning, they, they both really get on my nerves. Rose is kind of weird because throughout the game, I mean, she's just a little kid. I mean, she makes normal little kid decisions, right? Yeah. Uh, my favorite character, honestly, was probably the book dr hakeem
1: <laughs> i think i agree with that uh the book was definitely the most entertaining character there was also the squirrels though <laughs> i know they didn't really they didn't do much but uh
0: they, they were pretty yeah cool. all the side characters are pretty fun generally uh even if they're only in a few minutes of the game i really enjoyed moon baboon <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
1: moon baboon was nice
0: yeah um, basically,
2: from what the couple of chapters we've played, there's sort of one central NPC that's kind of leading you along the way, and like they've all actually been like pretty funny and pretty interesting and offered some unique unique perspective, which I think has been pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it, it's worth mentioning. It's like that for the first three chapters. Uh, the last four chapters are all it's basically the two main characters are doing therapy sessions and Dr. Hakeem kind of takes over your your guidance for the rest of the game. There are a couple of chapters where I don't think there are any other speaking characters other than Cody May and Dr. Hakeem.
2: That's an odd choice after how the first half goes. but
0: The puzzles in those sections are so much better though, like more fun, that it kind of makes up for it. Except for the garden section.
2: jackson uh is there any like one especially standout moment in
1: the game that you
2: really liked
1: uh not any one particular standout moment i just think like throughout the entire game just it has such good co-op and how it switches up the genre just a little bit every now and then like in the tree it's like a shooter and then in the castle section you've got the dungeon crawler stuff I just, I really like how they did all that. And, like, going in the game, I was not expecting it to be anything like that. I was expecting something more of Portal, where you're giving just normal abilities, and then you just use them throughout the entire game. So, seeing more of, like, what the game does was really cool to me.
2: Like, I, I think for me, even though it's probably not the most balanced section of the game, I... I genuinely think the scene that has stood out to me the most, other than one just incredibly dark one that happens right in the middle of the game that I'm not going to spoil, the scene that stands out the most is one-on-one brawler-style fight against a squirrel that, one, it's really unfair that one player doesn't get to play it because it's awesome, and two... It's just so out of the blue and incredibly funny. And it even has a PG version of Immortal Kombat Fatality in it. And it's just, everything about it was hilarious. Like, I, every time that there's one of those little sections like that where you play a game, like it, it's a reference to a game of a different genre, or you cut to something that's just totally outside of the norm for that part of the game, like every single one of those scenes is just hilarious, in my opinion. And they are, it's a very charming game. In a way that I have not seen very often I've heard a lot of people say different you know family friendly games well this is like playing a Disney movie or this is like a cartoon like this really feels like that like this feels like a Disney movie or like a children's cartoon but turned into an actual video game not into like a crappy licensed low budget cash grab like this genuinely feels like a cartoon in a very fun way.
0: Yeah, I like the interactions between the characters. I I do think they're both fun if they're not a little annoying with their obsession with getting a divorce. Like, we've mentioned all these things about, like, fighting squirrels or flying or going through a castle. The whole time they're doing this, they're also like, we need to get turned back to human form so we can get a divorce.
2: Yeah. It's never, we need to break this curse or return to our human forms because we don't know what would happen if we don't. It's we need to turn back to humans so we can get a divorce and nothing else matters.
0: (laughs) These characters so clearly hate each other that they're trapped in this marriage.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And it's also, it's not up to these developers to necessarily make this point, but also like, I think we can all agree that sometimes divorce is the right option. (laughs) And this game never even really touches on that, at least not that I've seen. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the game ends with them realizing, you know what? We actually do hate each other. Let's be on our way. I'm
1: suspicious it doesn't, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, the whole game is about them kind of rebuilding their bonds. Right, because they're they're not getting divorced because they don't like each other. They're getting divorced because neither of them have time for the things that they care about anymore, and they both blame the other person for it. Uh, I'm no marriage psychologist, but it definitely seems like therapy should be your first option before divorce.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Jackson, what are your overall thoughts?
1: The gameplay is. Extremely good. I like how it switches the genre every now and then. Um, I really like the art style for it. Except whenever it's like a real life scene. I don't think the characters look very well animated. But besides that, I think it's a very well animated game. I like the art style. Cons. Don't really like the characters that much besides the book. The story feels a little... um, I don't really... Not bland, it's just, uh... I don't know. Maybe it's just I don't connect to it too much since I've never been through a divorce. <laughs> Great game for divorce people. <laughs> uh, so I'd, I think I'd give it ai give it a 7 out of 10.
0: Yeah, to kind of follow that up, I, I have a lot of the same opinions. I think the world design in the game is really good. All the areas are very unique. Everything looks really cool. You know, you got a lot of different gameplay elements that some of them overstay their welcome, like we mentioned previously, but... Some of them are, you know, here for just the perfect amount of time, and it's a lot of fun. The characters really grow on you over time, so I, I really enjoy it. I, but I would say, overall, I'll give it a probably an 8 out of 10. Just for sheer uniqueness as well, since it's one of those co-op-only games, and I've never been super into those.
2: I think for me, like, the big selling points are definitely, it plays great, it looks great, it is very unique in style and tone. Overall, most of my cons are a little bit smaller. Like, I definitely see some imbalance between the two characters, although I was generally the one that got the better stuff, so maybe I'm biased. And I think that it doesn't always make the best use of its time, but I think the only major gripe I have is the fact that the story just really isn't... It's just not good, but I think that what the game is as a whole makes up for that so much. I I would have to give it an 8 out of 10 as well. So I guess I guess that puts our average as seven point six 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 six. Okay, well uh, I guess that just about does it for the review section. So we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about some of our favorite recent games. Do you have trouble finding or keeping the love in your life? Are you going through a difficult divorce? Have you ever felt like you're missing whatever the secret to love is? Have you been considering divorce? Well, no more divorce, thanks to Dr. Hakim's Book of Love. Dr. Hakim's Book of Love will give you all the tools you need to find the one. Dr. Hakim's Book of Love may lead to accidental shrinkage, lossy human form, immortality, angering your squirrel neighbors, being harmed by wasps, usurping the throne of a beloved monarch, extortion, upsetting your daughter, issues maintaining a divorce, and general silliness. If your experience with Dr. King's book of love lasts for more than 15 hours, please consult a medical professional. Folks, I have a confession to make. It's hard for me to admit this, but I'm a gamer. They say that acceptance is a first step for recovery, but for now... We're going to lean way into this terrible, terrible side of ourselves and tell you about some of our favorite recent games so that you kind of get a better idea of where we stand on some things and if our opinions actually matter to you at all for future game reviews. So uh, Jason, kick us off. What's the first game you want to talk about?
0: Well, the first game I want to start with is kind of something I've been talking about the past couple weeks, which is Persona 5 Royal. It's one of my favorite games of 2020. It's a re-release of Persona 5, which is a very unique game. Uh, Jordan and I have both been playing it. Um, we've mentioned it a couple of times previously. I really enjoyed the time I spent with it. I really like the things that are added between Persona 5 Royal and the normal Persona 5. The new semester was a lot of fun and had a lot of like cool character moments. Okay, Jackson, what you got?
1: So I was a pretty big fan of Miles Morales. I was already a Like, Spider-Man 2018 is honestly probably my favorite game of all time. I really enjoyed it. And Miles Morales, though it is much shorter, probably like half the time the beat, and not as much side content because it's more of a, not a DLC, but a, like, a small form game. But like, almost everything they did in this game was an improvement from everything in Spider-Man 2018, just in a smaller package. You had more abilities to work with the crime system was 10 times better <laughs> and just still one of the main things that uh Spider-Man 2018 did that was really apparent in this game is just the characters are so good.
2: So, I think for me personally one of the the biggest games I've played recently that's been sort of informed the other games I have played recently is Dragon Quest 11. It like, gets a couple years old now and it took me some time to really dig into it, but You know, after a couple months in quarantine, decided I was going to really hit some of these longer RPGs I had put off. And yeah, Dragon Quest XI is fantastic. It is the quintessential JRPG, and that does bring some negative tropes, but it looks great combat is fast and fluid, which is not something you normally see with a turn-based game. It is extremely rewarding. It wants you to use your big powerful spells and abilities frequently. Dragon Quest really it gives you cool powers and it lets you hit hard. <laughs> and and that's just something I, I really dig. And it's it, it definitely was what led me to playing some bigger RPGs like Persona. And I'm real glad I've sort of made that change in what type of games I play.
0: Yeah, I've been considering picking up Dragon Quest XI as well. I've heard good things about it. Definitely,
2: definitely hits all the the right notes for what a a modern turn-based RPG should be.
0: Yeah, another game that I picked up near the end of last year that I think kind of expanded the kind of games I played was Factorio. It's been in early access, I believe, for quite a while, but it's basically a survival game you land on an alien planet and you're trying to set up a factory and that's the whole game is setting up a factory and trying to make the factory as efficient as possible and basically make it run itself uh and the whole game is just either expanding your factory or adding new things to it uh which i guess is the same as expanding
2: (laughs) yeah
0: i picked it up on a whim uh when it I think it was like the day that it actually like officially hit its 1.0 release and I've played crap ton of it. I have enjoyed every minute of it. It's one of those games that you can sit down and you only mean to play it for 20 minutes and then you look up and it's been four hours. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, another game I was pretty into last year was last was part two. And I I mean, I still can't decide if this is a better game than the first one. But like mechanically, uh, I know you guys tried to play the first one did not like the gameplay very much jason i don't think you liked it at all
0: yeah i bounced off of it within a few hours
1: (laughs) yeah yeah um in the first game pretty much the only thing keeping me playing it was the story because i thought it was pretty good really good characters the gameplay was just not really my type of thing last was part two the story probably is not as strong as the first one but the gameplay is 10 times better like I went from hating the gameplay of the first one to loving the gameplay of part two. It expands on it so much. There's, you have a lot more to work with. And there's things I want to talk about it, but I don't want to get too much into like spoiler territory. So, uh, I'll just move on to the story. Cause the story, like, as I said, probably not as good as the first game. It is still extremely good. And, um, you know, if you, you know, pay attention to the video games, uh, fans are decisive about it. <laughs> so, uh, it, so. I don't, I don't really know. Where I'm going this now. So just just, uh, just cut that. Just cut that part about the story out, and then this part too, and just move on okay. to um okay. to to whatever you're doing next. Just cut it after okay. I stop talking about the gameplay. Okay.
2: I don't think any conversation about modern video games would really be complete without mentioning Animal Crossing and the absolute mammoth of a game that it has been, and the way it is totally shaken up the way that people talk about video games and share video games. And, and while I'm not one that was really hooked on it for as long as some others, I mean, I I gotta admit, Animal Crossing New Horizons is, is excellent. It's, it's the sort of perfect template to make your own little community, but still giving you the tools and the aesthetic that previous Animal Crossing games did. And There have been three separate occasions now where I've gone back to this game, had a specific project in mind, and then played it day after day after day until I completed that project. And it's just, I don't know, it's just fun. There are definitely issues with like the online and some of the stuff takes a little bit longer than I think it should. Just overall, it is such a good game and it's very, it's very cute and very sweet and very upfront about what it is. And and I really appreciate that. And I totally get why it has become this absolute cultural phenomenon that it has.
0: Another game that I've been looking into is the much maligned, but (laughs) the prodigal son of gaming, No Man's Sky. (laughs) probably one of the roughest releases of a game that I can remember just in terms of fan backlash and disappointment uh I started playing it again near the end of last year when the origins update came out I picked it up again and I had a lot of fun with it it feels like an entirely different game than what it did when it first came out I mean the progression loop is much better uh everything's kind of seems more unique there's still a few issues. It's a whole new game. It's a lot of fun. And I definitely recommend anybody that, you know, played it originally and bounced off of it to give it a try.
1: My last game I had to talk about, which probably... No, no, def- Definitely favorite game of 2020. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Which, if you can't tell by my other games already, I'm a big fan of action-adventure games. And this game... Like, I wasn't... Ex- I, I didn't think it was going to be bad or anything. But I wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was. It... if Like, from the moment... You start to get more into the combat system, it feels like such a unique game because of its, just because of its combat system. To be honest, it probably does not have the most diverse world. Like, it's still fundamentally your open world action adventure game where there's just points around the map to go to and collect things. But the combat is so different from any other game that I have played and I, that I have nothing to compare it to. It is just that unique. And then the story, like, you get to a certain point in the game, probably about the end of the second act, where you think it's going to go one way, and then it just goes the exact opposite way than you were expecting.
2: Ghost of Tsushima was simultaneously one of the games I was most excited for and the most surprised by, and that is a rare combination. I I genuinely loved everything about it. Even some of like the more tedious, or what would normally be more tedious stuff of like, go to this point and pick up this item, or go here and fight this enemy. Even that stuff is really cool, and most games just do not have that much personality in the world and in the characters to make that stuff interesting, but Ghost of Tsushima knocks it out of the park.
1: And uh, another thing that makes it pretty interesting, it, it is probably the most beautiful game I've ever played. The art in it is extremely good, the landscapes are extremely well made, and on, like, I know I say that the world kind of feels bland because almost everything around the map to do is just go here, collect this, go here, kill this enemy. But, like, going through the island of Tsushima, like, and looking at the landscapes and stuff while finding this stuff makes it a little better. Especially if you try not to use fast travel, which I kind of failed in. But for anyone that hasn't played it, definitely try not to use fast travel and just take in the world while doing everything in it. It was all right. (laughs) 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 Okay. So to wrap
2: us up, I'm going to talk about the heavy hitter. What is undeniably the best game that came out in 2020. And maybe some other people like two people on this call will disagree with me, but Hades is a masterpiece. It is what all video games should strive to be. And I will die on that hill. No, but but for real, Hades is absolutely incredible. It is the most sucked into a game that I have been probably since Overwatch launched in 2016. And I, I just think Hades checks all the boxes for what I want in a video game. It is fast, hard hitting combat. It has a ton of unique and interesting upgrade mechanics. There's a ton of diversity in character builds. And there's even, you know, just 20-some different weapons to work with. And on top of that, you have dozens and dozens and dozens of these unique powers, which you can get from the different Olympian gods to augment those things. And on top of that... It's in this beautiful world with just incredibly deep and well-written characters that you can choose to expand on the stories whenever you want. Everything about this game is what I look for in video games, and it, it it's weird because I actually first played the game when it launched in Early Access in December of 2018, and it was awesome then. And it only got better and better and better with every single patch. And by the 1.0 release, it was just like everything fell in place perfectly. There is a very short list of games that I would say I would give like a perfect 10 out of 10 score to in an arbitrary review system. But this is absolutely one of them. Like, I love this game.
0: Hearing you wax poetic about that game makes me want to talk about my favorite game. (laughs) The best game of 2020 is actually a game that came out before 2020 called Disco Elysium, which is getting its final cut update in just a couple days. It is the opposite of Hades (laughs) in a lot of ways, whereas Hades is very fast-paced, constantly moving around. Disco Elysium is a very slow and thoughtful game with some of the most unique mechanics I've seen in like an RPG in a long time. The fact that you have your thought cabinet, which just contains different traits that your character will take on as you're playing the game the way that you interact with the story changes your character not only in the way that you interact with other people or how they interact with you but also in how you interact with yourself the fact that there is an entire trait that just makes it to where you're constantly doing finger guns at people (laughs) makes the game a masterpiece (laughs) <laughs> the very first skill check in the game is trying to get your tie off of a uh, a ceiling fan above you, and I'm fairly certain that you can die in that part. <laughs> 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 the big update that comes up in a couple days is adding voice acting, so anybody that hasn't checked it out, highly gotta recommend it.
2: Now, Jackson, <laughs> do you want to throw us any surprise curveballs now? <laughs> um... Yo, know, uh, no. All right. Well, that just about does it for the third episode of the Totally Biased Media podcast. Uh, we appreciate you listening in. We hope that you'll check us out on social media. Uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to send us an email, you can send it to totallybiasedmedia at gmail.com. We'd love to hear some of your reviews or thoughts on our reviews or basically anything about any of the big upcoming movies or music or video games or television. Whatever you want to tell us, send it to us. And if we like it, we might just read it on the show. Not promising that, but we might do it. (laughs) Anyways, folks, I am Jordan Walkup.
0: I'm Jason Simmons.
1: I'm Jackson Walkup. Thank you. Goodbye. That's all right.